This is Speaking of Faith, First Person. This online exclusive is part of Repossessing Virtue, an ongoing series in which we search for fresh ways to think and talk about the current economic crisis. I'm Rob McGinley-Myers, associate producer of Speaking of Faith. Here, I speak with Anchi Min, a novelist and memoirist who grew up in Mao's China. Her most recent book is The Last Empress. So, Anchi Min, in what way do you consider this a moral or a spiritual crisis of your own or of our cultures? Um, I consider that um, my own and uh, our culture, now I'm talking about American culture, sure, and as well as the Chinese upcoming culture, it's a change, the culture. Uh-huh. It's uh, kind of getting different from... Um, the past, since now the new generation is um, raised by McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Hmm. Everything changes. Um, I personally, I think I, I give you an example, I'm very different from uh, my daughter who was born in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I am an a immigrant and a new American, and I came to this country in 1984. Mm-hmm. And I don't have American sense of entitlement. Right. This is what I see. That's the root of the things. Because you, you just say, you know, in America, you say you're beautiful. You can do anything as long as you dream hard. Dream hard and work hard to get it. It's a very different concept. Hmm. And I, in a lot of ways, for the kids, now we are we are tracing this problem to to its roots. I think it's a collective um, failure of irresponsibility that caused it, this economic downturn to happen. I think it started at a very young age because this is American. It's a flaw of American education in a way that you, you, you tell your kids that you can do be anything you want, but you don't emphasize um, your responsibility to make it happen. Right. Uh, one of the things that you grew up with was the this idea of total sacrifice um, in communist China, and uh, and you you know have written about the horrors of that um, kind of sacrifice, but that you you know your your daughter has experienced this very different American culture where instead of any kind of sacrifice, what's emphasized is the pursuit of happiness, and I wonder what you've seen as sort of the darker side of that pursuit of happiness and how that relates to what we're going through right now? What I see is the individual is the key system that, that needs repair and, and change. Because I, when I arrived in 1984, I remember I envied the homeless for two things. that First, they speak English. The second, right to work for yourself. Hmm. And I was so grateful. I don't take my time every minute in America for granted. Because I feel that I'm, I'm, this is the first time I own my own life, and I, it's it's like a, um, um, it, it doesn't occur to an American to think that way. Hmm. You know, American, um, in a lot of ways, the, the students. I, I saw them. My my, my husband. Uh, teaching in the classroom. He he. One day came home and he was so happy. He says, "I'm so." Excited, and my student moved from F to D, and I was very moved. I said, "This is a, if America has a teacher like that, he's an average 
in an average school, an average teacher, but he had such a good heart that it made his day. A student from moved from F to D, and it's, I was touched at being in the in Mingkang. I feel it's so pathetic because the students I saw in his classroom refused to, to work. They want an easy way out. They hate homeworks, and, and uh, everything is like a picky and choosy. Hmm. You know, I do what I feel like on my time, my term, my satisfaction. Hmm. And I, I think that's really corrupting the, the American virtue. And I don't take that for granted because where I came from. And I think not only me, it's, I would say I represent the entire Chinese. I represent average people in China. We feel that we have gone cultural evolution. And we learned a hard lesson that we, um, we don't take things for granted. And now China's economic situation is, it's, um, it's, they're doing okay. So I think it has its roots that China, Chinese people doesn't think the same way um, that we think right now. Well, and what moral and spiritual resources or virtues um, do you bring to thinking about uh, this crisis? Well, I think that uh, I I, um, I think that the, this whole thing um, makes me even think more about life that um the wisdom that that how to hold on to 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 this good life that in america uh, and i think it's um i think more of the life as a gift from god that they gave me and how i cherish it and how i should have gratitude because happiness is contentment it's the sense that you have more than enough and that i don't have to be um, a victim of my circumstances. And I think I focus on what I can do instead of what I can do, what I lose. I focus on what I can do, which is to write. For example, um, the last empress, Empress Orchid, and she was from a poorest province of China and became the ruler of China for 50 years. And her suffering, uh, her single-handedly held this nation until she died, and it kind of it really inspired me. And um, I, I feel that, that her courage, and I feel inspired. And I especially, I feel that when the story that I created reached America, reached the world, and it's so... It means so much to me because I'm I'm American citizen, mm-hmm. and when I went um, to receive the award for um, British Book Award in the category of most favorite read for Empress Organ, the last Empress, it comforted me. It, it meant to me that I reached the public worldwide, and I communicated, and I I I used the right tool instead of just monologuing, and I feel that. Uh, the message that I got when I sat by the Harry Potter author at the award ceremony is that people are interested in China and that I am making good use of myself and of my life. It's the gift of God 
Nothing is more gratifying. Hmm. So how is the... uh this economic crisis affecting you or or people you know, and what are you doing differently because of it? Well, it it doesn't really affect me that much because you know <laughs> where I came from. That we always it's a culture thing that you spend below your means. Hmm. I don't feel like I feel. Forgive me that I might say something to offend people. When I saw the the um saw this on the on TV. People say, oh, I have to pull my son out of uh, college, and they just cry, cry, cry. And I thought, that doesn't make any sense, because in America, you can you can go to like a learning center in the library or, uh, or a community college, and you pay symbolically, pay very little. You don't even have to pay, and you have borrowed money. You can, your son can go to college that way. And, and for, because I came to this country without speaking a word of English, and I learned from a Sesame Street. Hmm. Learn from Oprah Winfrey show. If you have this will to learn, and then you have the will to work three jobs, like a, like I said, no picky and choosy. Hmm. You just be happy that you have the right to work, and you speak English, and you have a tomorrow. You know, tomorrow is always another day, and have this kind of spirit. There is a win-win situation. You're not going to lose. And so in some senses, you I get the sense that you see this economic crisis as sort of a collapse of a false, um, sort of a false dream, you know, or that, I mean, you talked about that idea that, that if you dream hard enough, you can do whatever you want in America, and that it's the, that emphasis on the dream as opposed to work. And I mean, do you see this economic crisis as sort of a crumbling of that that dream and that what we need to replace it with is um, is more of an emphasis on hard work? Well, I think uh, you're right. I think people take the American dream the wrong way. People think that it, you have this, what I call to call a lottery mentality. You just uh, um, take chances. You know, this culture encouraged people to gamble. Hmm. You don't think about consequences because everybody is doing it. The hell with hardworking and saving. I deserve to have fun. I deserve to live in a big house. I deserve to eat in a nice restaurant. I, I, I. I think China, China suffers less because the people didn't take things for granted. And again, you know, they, they feel that the right to work, they feel good about right to own one's life. And so there is a clear sense that that the bad time can happen any time, and we just stay ahead of a curve. Hmm. That that's a maybe it's a culture different thing. If if American culture, we have flaws. It's it's a very good time. I, I look at this situation as a very good moment, a moment that God gave us for us to learn. Hmm. It's a strong bell, and, and I think we heard. And then we begin the learning process. It cannot be, timing cannot be better. Hmm. And I mean, it is a global economic crisis. And I wonder if you um, have family or friends in China who are feeling the effects of it and dealing with it in a different way. Yes, yes. My father lives in China and my brother is in China. And we have a lot of um, relatives. I don't hear them complaining. You know why? Because every... But it compares their life 
um, to what happened during the Cultural Revolution, that we were lied to, that we were saying that communism is going well and we are heading toward a bright future, and we find out that was a lie. And right now, at least, we, we, are, we, we, we are able to see um, the, the problem, the global problem, and we can deal with it honestly. And that's something we appreciate. And so to us, we, we're willing to share like a, a 20 people share one toilet. And, and the family works, you know, each member works three jobs and shrink down, and you just deal with it. Hmm. As in America, you know, you have to have your own space. And these are the must-haves for Americans. Hmm. And I, I think that's pretty... That's actually what, you know, I wouldn't say this. Some of them is, is a necessity, but a lot of things. This country is a junk country. You see people's trash cans, such a waste. But as American, you, 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 you don't blink your eyes when you do that. Hmm. You know, dump the, the... You don't think about anything but your own pleasure. And I think that's a monster. It's, it's a greed. It's like a cockroaches. Because there is... That, that there's food there on the food on the floor that, that you feed it. It's a monster that comes out of you. Hmm. Again, it's an American sense of entitlement. I think that's what's wrong. Sure. This is the last question. Our last question is, um, you know, what kind of wisdom and leadership are you looking for at this time close to your life, and where are you found, finding it? And I think, you know, what, what you've been talking about is, you know, this ethic um, of you know, making it, making it through these things through hard work. And I'm curious if, if there were people uh, or are people in your life who have exemplified that for you. I would say it was my mother who was a closet Christian. And for 27 years during the Cultural Revolution, during the time I was, was growing up, I did not know my mother's true identity. But I remembered time that in the middle of the night when I got up to go to the restroom, I stumbled over her because she was on her knees in the dark. And I think she had this connection with God and, and it helped her through um, the hard times. When, I, when Mao was turning me into a radical, and my mother prayed every night for, for strength, for God to give her strength, and how she raised her children I think my mother never, although she never mentioned the word of God, but she raised me God's way, the Christian way. And, and I feel that very, um, as, as I'm, I, I'm turning, you know, 50, and I, I lost my mother, and I feel that I had never really had a chance to communicate my mother about her, her strength, where this comes from, and her religion, because we never did. Because my mother just said to me, you know, you don't, you don't touch that field. You can be a red guard. You can be a communist. Hmm. But you're my daughter, and you don't, you don't denounce what's, what, you know, what means everything to me. So in a way that it's, it's the boundary between my mother and I, we never communicated. And I, right now, it, it became, it motivated me, the sense that to reconnect with my mother although she's no longer, you know, with me here on earth. But uh, through my work, 
Pearl of China, my next book. I show that the, um, Pearl Buck um, and her family's life in China, her father, her mother, they are Christian missionary families, and how they, the, the Christian life during China's 80 years of the time period in the novel, and, and motivated me to, to, in a way, rediscover my mother's connection with God and with me and how this whole thing works through. And I found that was very, has been a very exciting journey for me. You've been listening to novelist and memoirist An Chi Min. This is Repossessing Virtue, speaking of faith's continuing exploration of the economic crisis. For more, subscribe to the SOF podcast and visit speakingoffaith.org.